crack that beer. Any minute now. Just crack it. Fine. You don't have to tell me twice. Hello and welcome to another episode. I, I do love our intro music, though. That's yeah, great. Yeah, it's good intro music. We should find out who actually does it and give them some credit. It's free. It was free. It, it, right. right. It's in the free library. Yeah. So it'd be pretty hard to track down. Uh, no, it's just. Do you want me to uh, learn to play it so we can do it live? No, you know they have like rights free music right. websites, and as a band, you can just subscribe your music to it and let people use it rights free because it's like a way to get your music out there. So that could have, for all we know, that could have been like an early disturbed, d- yeah, or something or early. We don't know where it comes from. Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hi. And welcome to another episode of the After Buzz Podcast. My name is Nico, your host of the After Buzz, and of course with me is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Buzz Adams. Hello. Buzz, today's episode is going to be very special because we're going to revisit a moment in the Buzz Adams morning show history that you talk about constantly. It's really on your mind uh, pretty much every time we hang out. It's the time you interviewed John Lovitz, the wonderful John Lovitz. I've interviewed John Lovitz uh, a number of times. In person. What are you doing? I'm checking to see if this is, it looks like it's recording at a very low volume. Do you see how small the the digital track looks there? Yeah, but maybe your settings, maybe like uh, the view of it is different. I feel like I kind of want to stop and check it and make sure that it's recording correctly. Well, is it recording at all? (sighs) I can't say without stopping it. All right, stop it. All right. I'm not sure if it is that that much lower. I'll I'll piece it together. All right, so go ahead, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So you just heard the cut right there. Ladies and gentlemen. No, you, no. I'm going to cut all that out. Oh, no, just leave that in. You were talking about the interview with John Lovitz, and you, I told you that I interviewed John Lovitz in person. You know what's interesting, times. though? This is actually another interesting implementation of this podcast is because you expect the podcast to be like radio, which is seamless. Radio is supposed to be like a, f- a flowing music a piece of music that goes from one piece to another. Well, you've never heard our show because it's anything but seamless. Well, because I think it's a much more modern take on mm-hmm. it's a much more modern take on radio. Uh-huh. Where you do people want to see the blemishes, people want to see the the seams, the behind the scenes seams. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, we were talking about John Lovitz, and you interviewed him in person, and you always complain about how you didn't banter with him well, or you didn't improv with him well and every time we're hanging out with comics or doing something like somehow this gets brought back up constantly i feel like it's a personal thing that you are i have never like john lovitz more than any other comic just seems uniformly unimpressed (laughs) by anything i have to say yeah but that's also he seems annoyed by the questions What, what are you talking about it was a great interview first of all and you have to realize who you're talking to John Lovitz, somebody that's both himself on screen and off screen. So, anyways, I wanted to show you. I guess I cr- I crave the approval of John Lovitz. Yes, you were you're a big fan of John Lovitz. Uh, you you went to the comic strip that weekend. Yeah, you saw thought the he show. was great. Thought Hilarious. his stage show was great. Uh, 
You know, some, sometimes these people that didn't start off as stand-up comics are, might be a little shaky. Not the case with John Lovitz at all. No. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, but he's also just funny in person. And he kind of, and he he wanted to, to do an improv scene with you right. on air. And when when you start out, you did some of the things that are... Uh, like no-no's in improv, but I've never taken improv exactly. class. I've never taken an improv class. And John Lovitz called that out in yeah. the middle. I wish I had the segment to play right now. Well, Just fuck off. <laughs> Anyways, so can you Google this for me? And uh, let's see if uh, you are impressed with Bill Burr's interviewing style of John Lovitz. I don't think that... <clears throat> I don't think we can play this. We can absolutely play this. All right. So what do I... What do I search There's for? a YouTube video. Okay. And it's called John Lovitz and Bill Burr ruthless, ruthlessly roast each other. Lovitz spells his name J-O-N, I think. Yes, he does. J-O-N-L-O-V-I. Tits. Love tits. Love. No, no, no. Oh, love its. Sorry. Love it. Excuse me. Wait, what it? Ruthlessly roast each other. Can podcasts just play parts of other podcasts? Yes. It's a meme within a meme. It's a box within a box. We put we're, This will be on YouTube. We're like brothers and sisters. Yeah. And it's not even from their original account. It's 15 minutes long. Now, just play the first. I'm not asking you to play the whole thing. But you asked me why I was giggling when I came in. No, there. I don't think people know that we, you know, we're, we're uh, we met through um, uh, a dating app. Randy Wall. <laughs> Shh. Ran- to tell me that you're singing your jokes at a, at a Panera Bread place. April eighteenth, I'll be at Vibrato. Oh, Vibrato Jazz Club. Can you can you sing us a, a joke or something that you're doing? Maybe. Yeah, yeah sure. Bill Burr likes it in the butt. <laughs> Gently, when you squeeze his left nut. Ow, the blood flows <laughs> out of his butt wherever he goes. I, I kind of wanted to pause it for a moment. Look at that mini bar that, that Bill Burr has next to him in his podcast studio. Oh, that's interesting. Some I didn't even Jameson notice that. Some in there. Yeah. Some Controy. Yeah. Looks like that might be some Cuvassier. <laughs> <laughs> the way that... I wanted to, I wanted you to hear how unimpressed John Lovett sounds, even, even with, with Bill, Bill Burr. Burr. And at one point, yes. he, he mocks his act. <laughs> and just says, this is all you do. Yes, I thought his attitude toward Bill Burr was very similar to his <laughs> attitude toward me. <laughs> and I'm no Bill Burr. Right. So, anyways, you're not alone. So I should feel better. Yes, you should feel better. God, you know, Lovitz is going to come back into town one of these days. Yeah, and, and you should take... And I'm going to try, and I'm going to keep trying You should be to taking it. an improv class and going through every stage and eventually becoming an expert and then like a repertoire member or part of the conservatory and then come back and be like, look at that, John Lovitz. Well, doing a doing a radio show or even a podcast is kind of like doing improv. It is. It it's a conversation. Improv is just a conversation on stage between several people. Okay. And so that they have rules. I guess there's kind of rules between our conversation. <laughs> like if I just started, I don't know, berating you, 
Go well, ahead. Oh, you you look. You, you think I'm defenseless, though? <laughs> I mean, that is a choice you could make, but that would kind of like be going to the zoo and poking a bear through the bars, but you don't right. realize that well, the bear that the cage is actually open. I mean, that's an apt analogy because you do eat a bunch before winter to store up fat. That's right. Hibernation officially ends in about two weeks, too. I'm sorry. Uh, this is not <laughs> supposed to be a roast. I, I thought it was interesting, though, that Bill, you know, uh, Bill Burr even couldn't penetrate that. That yeah. Bill, I mean, that John Lovitz attitude. Well, I'm a big Lovitz fan. You love Lovitz, don't you? All right, I was going to bring Rat Race. That's probably one of the funniest things he was in. League of Their Own. Also, I really liked getting to ask him about that. That part, Three Amigos. He was in that. The Hitler mustache part in the, uh, in uh, Rat Race. In Rat Race, yeah, and the whole story behind it. He was saying that uh, he helped write it on set, like uh, it wasn't really part of the part of the script yet. All right. So NASA is seeking volunteers for a second Mars simulation mission. So they're going to try and simulate what it's like. Where are you going to go out to to simulate Mars Chaparral? <laughs> <laughs> okay. They just, yeah, probably. Chaparral. Right. Yuma, Arizona. We need some place that is extreme. Oh, yeah, Yuma. Now, Yuma is desert. Yep. Let me tell you, you think El Paso's a desert? Yuma, it's the picture of desert. Yeah. I mean, that's what they use for the roadrunner scenes and stuff. There are a lot of dunes out there in the in the Yuma, Arizona area. All right, so they're looking for somebody. NASA's looking for somebody willing to live on a fake version of Mars at NASA's Johnson Space Center. So it's in Houston, actually. In indoors. In uh, for one year. Well, in what would be the thing that you'd be living oh, like in on a, Mars? You, right. You obviously wouldn't be kicking back with lemonade by the pool or anything. Right. Right. You'd be living in whatever it is we would expect. Like Matt Damon was. Living yes. In. Yes. This is Biodome. I mean, this is basically the plot (laughs) to Biodome. (laughs) Yeah, they should ask Pauly Shore whether he's available. Uh, Let me guess. He is. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's he's trying to be Russell Simmons. Not Russell Simmons. God damn it. (laughs) You're the worst. Simmons. Hey, come on, everybody. We're going to jazzercise. Richard Simmons. (laughs) God. You're so ignorant, sometimes your ignorance leeches into me. <laughs> Russell Simmons is the... Def Jam founder? D- d- something, I don't know. <laughs> but then I was trying to come up with Richard, and I was like, Gene? No, he's the KISS guy. JK, no? <laughs> it's for comedic effect, I hope you know. It has nothing to do with my actual ignorance. Really? Because it seems like you're getting worse. You said we need to have a we need to sit down and have a long discussion about, about dementia, about cognitive decline. And I thought you were talking about me, I but I think you might have been talking about yourself. Like you want to talk it over with me. Do you feel like you're losing some of your marbles? Because this would be very early onset. 
I mean, that would really be concerning. That would mean you would just be basically a potted plant by the time you're 50. Oh, well, I'm a potted plant <laughs> as much as anybody these days. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm definitely not as sharp as I was when I was 20, 21. Really? You can tell some decline or, you know, slow down in your, in your cognitives. Um, l- let me just tell you this. I'm aware of it to the point where every day I notice my mental acuity. I have to take note yeah, of it. Wait till you look for your car keys for like 10 hours and you finally find them in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a random example or uh, a personal anecdote? <laughs> I, look, Dude, 10 hours? Really? I, I had my hands full of groceries. I had my keys in the hands. I, somehow they ended up in the in the refrigerator. Also, I have been there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know what that tells you. Yeah. I, I kind of like those moments. I mean, I, mean, a, I hate them, but it also makes between, me laugh. I don't know if this counts as cognitive decline, but sometimes there are some very harried moments that we all you know, live with. You're just multitasking. You're doing a bunch of stuff at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. well, and and our devices have not helped things out. Absolutely not. Like I one time, I, my daughter left her phone downstairs, and she has so many things set to ping or ding or whatever. It's nonstop with different and sound I, effects. Well, just to let her know you've got a whatever you've got a. I, I mute my phone, and I told her I think I would go crazy. Which is great for emergencies. 40, in, Emergency. Yeah, nobody can get a hold of. Anyways, that's a whole different topic. But it, it would drive me insane. Yeah, if this thing was always brains, chirping at me. And people's brains are stimulated ten, tenfold, twentyfold than any time you were growing up. Okay. Well, uh, I was going to say I'm very aware of it because, and I especially this past weekend since I was uh, hosting at the comic strip, like my brain has to be at a certain level before I do stand up. And no, no, no. Well, that's taken into account as in the opposite of when I can't be high or smoking. Okay. So like, you have to be sharp right. when you're going to do your comedy. Right. Like I have to be at a, like I have to, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, but, a, it's an emotional rev up. I have to rev my brains up. And, okay. But if not that, a couple, uh, that's another thing to monitor and to be aware of beforehand. Uh huh. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, if it's like, uh, I'm really nervous, or you'll, you'll, oh, I need a little liquid courage to get up here because yeah. I really want to impress buzzes in the audience tonight. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Anyways, there's a lot of things that I hate. Is I that do. is that a? I mean, does that does that work? Uh, yeah, depending. Yeah. And but then the other day, I took a nap at three, or and I woke up at five, like two hours before, and I still wasn't really awake for my show, and I had like the worst set ever. Because you were drowsy. Yeah, kind of. Jump, just because my a brain cold showered. I did. No, no, I was awake, but my brain just was not there. It's like your brain foggy. has to be in a. It's like a motor, and it's like unless it's. Do Do you ever take anything to help you take a nap? You know, no. something legally prescribed or even over the counter? No. no I, I, I feel like that. I, you get, you don't get a hangover from that? Even still feeling the drowsiness after you yeah, take it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I you wouldn't feel drowsy. That's why you only take like one third or even okay. one quarter. Well, that's an addict. That's somebody who... What? Yeah. No, an addict would be would be taking handfuls of them. 
I saw Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing too. I uh, I took ADD medication. I used to take more. Was, uh, I've always had it since I was little, yeah. but uh, they didn't have that when I was a kid. Right. Well, no, I've told you forever. Just, I think you should. And you keep going, well, what do I need? I go, you just need to talk to an actual psychiatrist and talk to somebody that will diagnose it. And then you're like, well, that just sounds like a hassle. I never say the right thing. I've done it before. Like, say, what brought, do you mean say the right thing? Hey, say, yeah. I want to get tested for ADD and possible treatment. Oh, this was just with my with my physician. You know, yeah, you my, tried to ask the person at urgent care to well, be your also ADD. my physician. Yeah, but he's not going to be the dude that prescribes you Adderall. Okay. Anyways, uh... I've been on ADD medication my entire life, but I've been on less and definitely... Wait, you're on Adderall? Or have you, been? Yeah, I have been. You've known that. I've, you know, I've always told you that. But I yeah. mean, you're not you're not ashamed of it, are you? No, I'm not ashamed of it. It's a, I, I, but it's since I was little. It's just part I, part of my daily routine. Anyways, and, my and point you is... you still can confuse James Brown with Charlie Brown somehow. Yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> that's my whole that's my whole point Noah. I'm not trying to do surgery or start li- IVs or figure out somebody's prescription I'm fucking around with the radio host okay All right. <laughs> like that's how I see this this is an awesome job just cause you get to yeah. just fuck around there is no well I mean yeah, yes yes absolutely yeah totally All right. I don't have to start IVs I don't have to see uh, blood tears sweat piss I almost saw blood, sweat, and tears one time, but I, I came in late, and Santana was already playing by that. <laughs> Is blood, sweat, and tears a thing? That's a band. They were kind of like a jazz fusion band of the classic okay. rock era. I have a poster from maybe some guys that came in, and their their band's tour name was Blood, Sweat, and Beers. <laughs> yeah, it was a takeoff on... Well, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears was a takeoff of a... Winston Churchill speech. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Oh, it's... That's a nice history. Anyways. Peeling back layers of the onion. Why were we talking about cognitive decline? (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) This has been a great episode. I hope people people really like this one so far. Oh, we were talking about (laughs) Mars. What? Oh, that they need to get Polly Shore... Yeah. To go live in a biodome to simulate what it's like to be on Mars. So this will be the second of three missions called... Hey, you're going to have to eat a lot of poop potatoes while you're up there. Crew Health and Performance Exploration Analog. The latest will see four volunteers living in a 1,700-square-foot simulation called the Mars Dune Alpha, which is a 3D-printed habitat featuring living quarters for each volunteer, a workspace, a medical station, and lounge areas as well as a galley and food-growing stations. Poop potatoes. Uh, it will simulate the challenges of a mission on Mars, including resource limitations, equipment failures they're going to simulate, communication delays. Now, are they going to be required to go outside wearing the full Mars suit that you would have to wear? Uh, they will also uh, be responsible for various tasks, including simulated spacewalks. Robotic operations, habitat maintenance, uh, making sure you exercise and growing crops. Can you believe it? You're stuck in this habitat, and the one time you get to go outside, and you're thinking, uh, you know, because it's it's at NASA, it's in Houston, right? You're like for a year, you can't even get some fresh air when you have to go out of the damn thing, right? 
I would certainly not volunteer for something like that. You get paid. Well, then that's not volunteering. How much do you get paid? Uh, that's a good question. And yeah, you're right. But as in that they're looking oh, volunteer for- volunteer to do this job. Yeah. I mean, some I, people volunteer to do jobs. You know, that bio, do you reference the Pauly Shore movie, Biodome? You know, that was based on a real scientific project that they had in the early 90s. And oh, really? I forget what it was called, but that was basically, you have to live inside this habitat somewhere, God, I think it was in the Arizona desert or something, but, but Biodome was definitely a take on that uh, story. That's interesting. Mm. I didn't know that they have already tried it as a, a thing like this. Okay, this is what they're looking for. Crew selection will follow additional standard NASA criteria. They're looking for people between the ages of 30 and 55. Buzz, you don't qualify anymore. Do you? What's that now? They're looking for people 30 to 55. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in there. Non-smokers. Sorry, Buzz. Speak English for effective communication between crewmates and mission control. Crew selection will follow additional standards. Uh, a master's degree in engineering. Uh, I could probably get that together here. Math. I mean, no, no. Biology or other sciences is necessary. As I would is be pro- u- I would be useless on, in uh, in space or on a different planet. Um, Biosphere was the was the actual project that Biodome was based on. And it was located in Oracle, Arizona. It's still active? Oh, no, no. Between Constructed between 87 and 91, Biosphere 2 was originally meant to demonstrate the viability of closed ecological systems to support and maintain human life in outer space. So kind of the same mission. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to. There's yeah, a very long Wikipedia article on it here, but. It sounds like you need a. It sounds like you need to be almost a professional astronaut criteria worthy. <laughs> right. I, I don't. You know, they're not just. Well, they're saying volunteers who can be compensated for the mission can also qualify if they have a thousand hours of piloting experience, as well as if they have military experience or a bachelor's degree in a STEM field with four years of professional experience. That describes a. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting that the military experience, so that means they're looking for a guy that would be like. Well, I think they're looking for people who aren't aren't going to flake. A pilot? I no, mean, but it's also need, the crew for every space uh, yeah. movie. Is it, it sounds like an impressive set of credentials you would have to even be considered for this uh, remake of the Pauly Shore movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It sounds like laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for today. Thanks for listening, folks. Appreciate you for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in every Tuesday and Thursdays to find the newest episode of the After Buzz podcast. Also, don't forget about the Buzz Adams Morning Show, Monday through Friday. <laughs> we're still doing that. Yeah, we're still doing that. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., 95.5 KLIQ. Talk to you next time.